following is a podcast of 19 North, a young adults ministry at Victory Family Church. For more details, see 19north.tv. Some of the struggles and some of the things they've faced in their own lives. And it says in, I love you, dude. You're awesome. You know that? This dude's sick, but he decided to come. Man, he, he's an incredible leader, incredible man. Thank you, Cody. But tonight we're going to be doing testimony night. And the reason that I love doing testimony night so much is because it's scriptural. And, and, and I think when, when we do the testimonies and we talk about testimonies, it sets people free. And it says in Revelations, go ahead and pull up Revelations. It says in Revelations 12, 11, it says this, And they overcame him who is Satan by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. You see, we see, we see about 2,000 years ago, we see what Jesus did when he hung on the cross, and he died for our sins. And that's the blood that, that he's talking about there. But it says, by the word of their testimonies as well. And we have five incredible leaders that are going to be sharing their testimonies tonight about what, how God turned their, their trial into triumphum. And, and, and if he can do it, guys, for you, if he can do it for me, he can do it for everybody. And I like what, what this says. It says, only God, only God can turn a mess into a message. You came here tonight, and you're going through some things. You're going through some hardships. You might have lost somebody that you loved. You might have lost a job. Or you might have be finan- not be financially set. You're in this mess right now. But what I love about God, he always gets in the ditch with us. He always has the, the compassion to move on our behalf. And it says he can turn a mess into a message, a test into a testimony, a trial into a triumph, and a victim into a victory. I was speaking with a friend of mine a couple weeks ago, and he was just talking about this, this missionary that literally speaks to over three 300,000 um, people at a time. And he said this to me, and, and, and I'm probably going to be doing a series on this soon. He says, man, we're, we as believers... Are, are fighting a fixed fight. And when I, when, I, when I heard that, my mind was just blown in a thousand different pieces. I'm like, man, that is so true. When we accepted Jesus into our hearts and we became new creations, it says that, that Jesus went to the cross for me and for you and he took the keys of hell and they cannot prevail against us believers who are covered by his blood. And you might be going through something tonight. You might be a victim of something tonight. You continue to fight. You continue to persevere because we are fighting a fixed fight. Because we do not fight for victory, but we fight from victory. And because we are in a place of victory tonight. So what I want to do is I want to have five of our leaders come up. And Rachel, you can come up right now. And this is Rachel, by the way. She's uh, an assistant here at at 19 North, and she does an amazing job. But what I want to do before we go into the testimonies, we, we put a card in every seat, seat uh, in front of you, we, what, what we want you to do is we want you to fill out the top three things that you struggle with the most or something that you've dealt with in the past. And what we're going to do is next week we have the Burning a Boat event in which we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna take these in today, and then next week you're going you're gonna to represent somebody else. And we're going to do a poll. We're going to do a study of how many people are struggling with anxiety, depression, and fear, knowing that you're not the only one here tonight that is dealing with that. 
And then we're going to burn all that at the, at, at the boat, just symbolizing that, man, we, we live in freedom as believers. So what we want you to do is just fill out the top three things that you're dealing with right now, and then the ushers are going to come collect them. But I have an honor and privilege of having an amazing, amazing woman of God come up and share a testimony about God, how God can turn a fear into calling. And you guys probably hear uh, of me talking about my fiance, and you're probably like, what, who is this mysterious woman? Well, tonight she is going to be talking a little bit about how God ha- has used her, her fear into reaching thousands of people on a weekend. So my beautiful, beautiful uh, fiance, soon-to-be wife, and here in a month, why don't you come up and uh, just, just hang out with us for a little bit. Let's give it up for this, this smoking hot woman. And I love how we have about 16 bottles of water here, like, you know, the drought, the drought has hit us. Take one home with me. <laughs> I just brought another one, too. <laughs> Hi, so, guys. <laughs> so, Elle, a lot of people might not know you and, and know your story. So why don't you just uh, explain to us a little bit about what God has done in your life and, and how he's using you in, in a mighty way. Yeah. So I'm Ellie. <laughs> um, I am a worship leader over in the main service with all the old people. They're really fun. I love them. But I started out leading worship back here at 19 North, and I love being back here, and I love our team, and I obviously love the pastor a lot. I love you too. <laughs> um, but just a little bit of backstory about me. I, um, I grew up in a loving home, loving family. We all love the Lord, um, and I grew up being very familiar with the Bible and with scriptures and everything like that. Um, And from a really young age, I knew that I was called into worship and into music ministry. Um, I actually had a couple people prophesy that over me when I was even a baby. Um, And I always loved singing, loved growing up singing all the time, not ashamed of it, loved it. Um, So much so that my uh, mom called me songbird. (laughs) Um, But when I hit probably like middle school age, you know, you like, it's like, like the switch turns on and you think that everybody is like judging you and watching you all the time. Well, that's totally what happened to me. And um, this fear just settled over my life and it was like tangible. And I lost all the ability to sing in front of people. Like I remember my mom one time, she heard me singing in my room. She's like, oh, I heard my songbird today. And I cried and like ran away. And I can't even explain it because I used to like sing myself to sleep and worship the Lord when I thought nobody was listening. But as soon as I thought that somebody heard my voice, it was like this fear would grip my vocal cords and my voice would shake and my entire body would just shake and I would feel so nervous and hot and like someone was like strangling me. Um, And it kept me from stepping into uh, my calling and it kept me from the plan that God had over my life. So um, fast forward, I grew up in Denver, Colorado, and we moved here when I was about 13 uh, years old. And um, throughout high school, I did like choirs and stuff like that. And still like fear just gripped my life, um, and anxiety. And my mind was just always running all the time. When I was 17, I felt like the Lord was calling me to a uh, missions trip to Ethiopia. And my whole family heard about it, but none of them felt like they were supposed to go. But I felt this strong tugging um, to go on this trip. And while I was over there, 
God gave me a major ultimatum. We were staying at this orphanage and praying with the workers that were there. And that night, one of our translators came over to me, and he started praying over me, and he didn't know me at all. Like, didn't know my backstory, didn't know how much fear just had its hold on my life. He started praying out my destiny of, like, you're going to be in ministry, you'll be in front of people, influencing people, whatnot. And the power of God just like wiped me out. Like I was on the floor, guys. Like I couldn't even, I, I couldn't even control what, what I was feeling and what I was thinking. And it was so wonderful and so obviously God. And while I was um, being prayed over, the Lord gave me an ultimatum. And I literally saw myself standing in a fork in the road. In one way, the Lord was like, either you're going to, uh, you're, you're going to not use the gift that I've given you, and I love you. You're my daughter. I am going to bless you, and your life will be great. But if you choose to use the gift that I've placed on your life, you have no idea where you're going. You're going to literally blink and look out and see where you are and won't even be able to believe where you are that this, this, this gift has brought you and what I've done in your life. Um, and so I come back out of it and I'm like, man, I got to like, I got to make a decision here, but I'm scared because, you know, what if I can't sing in front of people? I obviously, I know that I can't up to this point. And, um, translator came over to me and he gave me a verse, Jeremiah 18, six. And he said, the Lord wants to tell you that just like the clay in the hand of the potter, so are you in my hand. Do not be afraid. And two days later, I had a random person in Ethiopia, just some local come up and confirm that exact same verse to me without having any idea of what had happened. So I came back, I auditioned for the team, and it was the first time in my life that my voice didn't shake. And God literally guided me through the entire thing. And now I literally, I blink, and I'm on full-time worship staff over here, and I sing in front of two, 3,000 people in a weekend. And that is crazy because without God, none of that would have been possible. And I'll tell you what, you have to have boldness to pursue what God has called you to do because fear will try to grip you and try to keep you back from your your, um, destiny because God has incredible plans for you and incredible lives that are going to be changed under what he's given you to do. And you have to make the decision to be bold and to kind of step off the cliff that he is always there to catch you and to carry you to what you're supposed to do. Yeah. And I I love what Timothy says. And, And this was Paul speaking to Timothy. Timothy was a young pastor at the time. And he really didn't know anything about leadership. He didn't know anything about leading people. And Paul said, to this, uh, said this to him. He said, Timothy, I did not give you a spirit of fear, mm-hmm. but a spirit of love, power, and a sound mind. And let that just sink in real quick. When you accepted Jesus into your heart, you no longer have a racing mind. You no longer have an unclear conscience. But he says, I have given you a spirit of, of power, a mind of my own. And I love, I love just what you shared with us because I believe that, that there's so many people here tonight that, that are, are being paralyzed by fear because God has called you to big things. But you're letting, you're letting money stand in the way from what God really wants to do in your life because you're driven by fear. I don't know about you, 
But when I stand in front of my Father, my Heavenly Father, we all want to hear this. But can I break it to you? We're not all going to hear this. Well done, good and faithful servant. Tonight, where are you at with where God has called you? Are, are you doing it because there's money there? There's comfort there? There's a lifestyle? There's popularity? And I want to challenge you guys to really think about that. Are you letting fear just dictate and govern your life? Are you going to humble yourself before the, the mighty hand of God and say, man, Lord, you have called me for such a time as this to make a different in, difference in this world, to touch lives? Because I truly believe there's, there's CEOs in this room. There's businessmen in this room. There, there's nurses in this room. There's doctors in this room. There's waiters in this room. But are you doing what God has called you to do? Because we are the body of Christ, and we need you to function in which God has called you. So, babe, thank you so much. You are beautiful. I am so more attracted to you right now. My gosh. One month. Come on. Let's go. This so let's guy. Oh, man. Thank you, Ellie. Uh, our next one up is DJ, I believe. Uh, DJ and I met at Jack Camp last year, was it? That was the first time we met? Yeah. yeah we, we had were the like... best sports team that year, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, what, were name, we, what was our team name? Narwhal? Yeah, Narwhal? we were the, like the normals. I think the teens came up with it, but no, that was yeah, this year. Yeah, Stacy's mom. <laughs> anyway, Jack Camp is the, the teens camp that we have at summer, for those of you who don't know. Sorry. But that was the first time that I've uh, gotten to meet you, and since then, I've got to see um, your leadership in all different kinds of realms, and it's been a great honor. So I just want to uh, let you open up the floor. All right, sweet. Well, yeah, again, my name is DJ. I go to Geneva College. I'm a I'm junior. All. I'm all. I'll turn 21 in like a month. Um, what else you need to know about me? I don't know. All right, cool. Um, so I grew up in a Christian home, um, both parents in the home. I got saved probably when I was around like four or something. I was the kid that always raised their hand in the salvation call. So I got saved like... 30, 40 times <laughs> or something like that. You grew up Pentecostal. That's what Pentecostals believe. You have to get saved every single every time. Every single time, you know. Because you didn't, you didn't want the speaker to feel bad. Like, you wanted to make sure there was at least one. Um, oh, geez. Okay, so, um, yeah, I grew up in a Christian home, grew up on Christian parents, and um, um, both parents in the home, and then that kind of changed. Uh, five years ago, um, uh, my dad ended up cheating on my mom, and be just before that, like, my relationship with my dad wasn't doing too well, and stuff with football, but then, like, when that happened, like, it rocked my world. Um, my dad was my hero. He was the person I looked up to, both spiritually and how to be a man, and just, um, so when that happened and I found out, it crushed me. It crushed me because he was um, a huge part of my life, and uh, so I got very angry, got very bitter, um, so there was a, just the family kind of went down south a little bit. Um, a year and a half ago, um, my parents got separated. They're currently separated right now. Me, my brother, who's over there, Elijah, he's awesome. But uh, I, and my sister, we all live with my mom, and it's just not a good relationship right now. And um, there was a lot, of, a lot of pain went with that, and me and my dad's relationship in and of itself wasn't good. Um, there was a lot of verbal abuse, a lot of call me names, um, just stuff like, you know, you're the most arrogant kid that I've ever met, you're the most self-righteous kid that I've ever met, um, 
told me I was weak. He told me, I remember a conversation one time, he literally said, like, you're not a man at all. Like, you actually act like a woman because obviously a man would do this and you're not doing that. And just hearing that from someone that I, like, looked up to was just crushing. And then even hearing those words, he would always talk about, you're going to be just like me. Um, he was in ministry, and I want to go into ministry, and he's like, you're going to fail just like me. You need to, you know, you need to get another job or something like that. And there was a lot of anger um, in me, and there was a lot of anger from him directed towards me because um, he wanted me to play football in college, and I didn't end up playing football. He wanted me to be an engineer. I didn't end up being an engineer. Had to step up, kind of become like the man of the house, you know, even though um, that wasn't technically my role. Um, I wasn't used to that, but I had to step up. So there was a lot of just like anger and just um, directed towards him, but also directed towards God in the same time. Because it's like, what, what did I do? What did I do um, to deserve this? Um, and the thing is, I didn't really do anything. It just it was a mistake that someone else made and a consequence that just happened to fall upon me. But God is faithful. Um, and he's always there. He's always present. And um, kind of where the thing started to turn around, it was my senior year of high school. Um, so this was about three, four years ago. Um, and I went to a mission trip to Panama. And while I was there, God just met me in such an incredible way. Um, there was a guy there, and God just kind of put on his heart to come, like, talk to me. I just found out that summer about um, all this stuff that he cheated on my mom and my brother and my sister didn't even know. So, like, I didn't have anybody to share it with. Um, so he kind of came, and he's like, I see that you're, like, kind of, you're acting the good Christian walk and all this stuff. And he's like, but really, you're really hurting inside. And I was just like bro, how did you know that? Like, you're literally reading my mail right now. And um, so what came from that conversation is I just kind of just broke down for the first time. It was the first time I told anyone, the first time I'd cried in years. I mean, laying on the ground, weeping like a baby. Um, But like, what came out of that is I surrendered my situation to God and I kind of just gave it to him. And I'm like, God, I know I was mad at you. I'm sorry, but there was this full revelation that he'd been there and he was walking through it with me the entire time. And I'm just like, God, I can't deal with this. I've tried. It was eating me up away inside, like, here it is, God, you have it, and it literally changed the course of my life from there, and when I came back, I decided I wanted to go to a Christian college, and that's how I ended up at Geneva, I decided, I was like, I need to get Christian counseling, and so I went into Christian counseling, and just um, went through that, and um, for about eight months, which really helped deal with some of the anger, and just some of the grief, and all that kind of stuff from losing um, my father figure, and then um, I just really dived into the Word and in His presence, and I found like such a life in the Word and in His presence that I've never ever had, even though I grew up as a Christian all my life. Just like um, a verse that kept sticking out was Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, knowing that He had a plan for me, and it was a good plan. He had a future for me, and just holding on that like He had a destiny for me, and. Um, and also the revelation of who God was as a father, that he was the perfect father, that he would never leave me nor forsake me, that he was proud of me. He was proud of me. Despite what I've done, despite what I was doing in the moment, he was always proud of me. Um, there was never a moment that he's not, and that he loved me very intimately and very deeply, and he wanted to have a relationship with me. 
And um, just that in and of itself kind of like wrecked my life and brought a lot of healing and restoration. And then also bringing along men like Zach, just like God putting godly men in my path that I could look up to, that I could see because my, I couldn't look to my father anymore, which also brought a lot of healing. And it was just an incredible time. And um, yeah, so that's like what kind of God brought um, and probably the biggest revelation, this is something God that wrecked me with recently, is that um, God was, is my true father. And when I was first and foremost created to be his son, um, it says that he, we were created by him and for him, and he knitted us together in our mother's wombs. He was the original creator. So even, it, so even if your biological father, even if your biological parents have failed you, you were created first and foremost to be a son and a daughter of God. He is your original father. He is your original parent. So where your earthly father, your earthly parents have failed you, you can look to your original one, and you can get everything that you need from him. So that's just hanging on to that was what really brought healing in that situation and, and enabled me to even share this even now. I love that. I love that. Let's, let's give it up for DJ. But what I, what I want to say about DJ is DJ could have been a, a, a statistic coming from a, a broken family where, where you know, the, the numbers are ridiculous. The percentages of people that, that, that make it, are slim to none. They, they end up on drugs. They end up being alcoholics. They end up in jail. But what I love about DJ is he, he got into the Word of God. He, know that, he knew that, that God was not his problem, but it was his source. And, and, in, and in, your, in your pain and in your problems and, and, and the things that you're dealing with right now, sometimes it can be your biggest purpose in life. And I just remember, man, me and DJ have a lot in common. My, my dad uh, had a similar thing where, you know, I, my dad walked out, and, and we, we had to do some things along those lines. And in that moment, I said, God, I was living for you. I loved you. I was making a difference from your kingdom. Why would you let something like this happen to your own children? And three years later, guys, I see that the biggest pain of my life became my biggest purpose. When I see, when I see kids without a father, when I see little girls without a dad, and say, man, they did not deserve this. They were not birthed on this earth to live without a father. And God has given me a huge vision to, to end this. So, so kids would know that the heart of the father is true love, that, that God truly loves them. That there can be an earthly being, an earthly male that can come into their life and say, man, you're beautiful. God has a plan for you. Your, your greatest pain that you might have experienced or you're going to experience can be your biggest purpose here on earth. And know through that pain, you might not know. You might not know why. Why is this happening? But God wants to use it for his glory. Because it's all about God getting glory. DJ, thank you so much, man. That, that was freedom to me, man. And I know that was freedom for people. Thank you so much, man. Our next guest I met about six months ago. She's not a guest. She's family. And it's Emily. I absolutely love Emily because, you know, it, it came a time in Emily's life where, where she was broken and, and, and that's where I found her in the state of brokenness, where, where, man, things came hard against her. 
But the thing is, Emily turned back to Jesus. And I, and I was there at that moment where, where Emily was broken. She hit rock bottom. And I just saw so much potential in her. I saw a woman of God that was on fire. And I began to just be able to, to encourage her and to uplift her. And Emily's going to share something with you that she hasn't shared a lot with people. But this is a safe place, guys. We come to, to 19 North because it's a safe place. And we don't go out and we don't spread uh, things that, that are happening in this ministry, um, especially when, when it, it's something along the lines of what these guys are sharing because they're sharing out, out of their vulnerability to, to help you guys live in freedom. But Emily, just you know, tell, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and, and the journey that God has you on currently. Yeah, so I'm Emily. Um, I just graduated nursing school in May, so I work at AGH. As an oh, yeah, AGH. <laughs> um, so a little bit about myself. Um, I grew up in a Christian home um, from the time I was born. Um, my parents seem to have it all together, as everyone's parents do. Um, and when I was about uh, like 10 or 11, my mom cheated on my dad. Um, and at the time, I didn't know it, but um, I found out later when I was older. But they ended up getting divorced. Um, so I kind of got told different lies of why that happened. Um, so at the time, we were living in Indiana, the state. So my mom and I, my, one of my brothers, moved back here. And then we started going to Victory when I was about 11. Um, or Yeah, I was like in sixth grade, so maybe 12. Um, so before that, we were in like a really similar church in Indiana. Like just, it wasn't non-denominational, but it was very similar, a uh, full gospel church. So, um, uh, so we, all right, so we started coming here. And then um, basically like I just, I never had a relationship with my dad. Like ever since they got divorced, it was just, there was just nothing there. Um, and then my mom and I, like our relationship started to fall apart. Um, and I was still coming back then. It was revolution. If any of you remember that. <laughs> um, so I was still coming here. My mom and I were still going here. Um, and I was really involved in, uh, the youth group whenever I was in high school. Uh, and then kind of like somewhere along the way, I just got in with like just horrible crowds of people. Um, and I ended up uh, getting involved with same-sex relationships. Uh, so that started when I was about 16. Um, and then when I was about 18, I stopped coming to Victory. Um, went off to college, did my thing for a while. Um, was in a relationship for about a year and a half. And then after that, I was like, okay, like I'm gonna come back to church. Like that's obviously not what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm gonna come back to church. So I came back for like a very short time. And then I was like, and then I just kind of like fell into Satan's trap again. And then I was like, okay, well, I'm just gonna go do my own thing. So um, I started another relationship that lasted about two and a half years. Um, and actually, I didn't tell this in Thrive, but last fall, um, I was still in nursing school. So I was on clinical at Butler Hospital. And um, that day, one of my clinical instructors were like, you're gonna get sent to the ED to shadow a nurse, the emergency department to shadow a nurse, which like wasn't typical, like one day out of the whole semester we got to go. So go down there. On my way back up, Zach and Lauren were in the waiting room. They were sitting with a girl. Um, so it was just so random. And I was like, what is going on? Like, that's random. Like, I haven't seen you guys in how many years? So we like sit there and talk for a few minutes. And then, I mean, 
for like the next few days, I just felt something like completely tugging on my heart. And I was like, okay, this is obviously God. So I messaged her and I was like, well, just so you know, like, I know uh, that you guys have been praying for me. Um, like, I'm fully aware of that. And um, I was filled with the Holy Spirit when I was in high school. So, um, like, this whole time period, like, the Holy Spirit was just trying to, like, pull me away from these situations, and I was just fighting back. I mean, it was a complete battlefield in my mind. Um, so she ended up, like, trying to help me, and, like, I was almost out of the situation, and then I was like, okay, I'm just going to go right back into the relationship. So then um, that was a year ago. So this past May, um, we ended up moving to Texas, uh, and I was there for about a couple weeks, and then things just kind of went south. So um, it was pretty much like an ultimatum because I knew what I wanted, and I just wanted someone else to make that decision for me, and she made it for me. So I drove all the way back, and it was probably the best decision of my life. And on my way home, um, I contacted Zach and Lauren, and they got in contact with Zach Del Turco because at the time I didn't know that he had taken over. Um, so... Uh, he got, he ended up calling me on my drive home. Um, I don't even know where I was, like in North Carolina or something. And uh, so he talked to me and we ended up meeting up like a couple of days later. And, um, and yeah, it was just, it was crazy. And like something else I didn't share was like, when I came back, I literally came back with enough money to get me back. And then I came back and I, like I had zero dollars to my name. Like I I left with less than what I had previously. So um, basically, like, I got, uh, I started interning, and I started Faith Life Training, which if any of you have not done that, I highly recommend that. That was, that is, like, such a solid uh, small group. Uh, that's definitely, like, a requirement that I'm, that I'm saying is a requirement. <laughs> <laughs> And no, it's just, it's really awesome. Like it, like even when I was a, like I was a Christian before, but like I never had a relationship with God and that really just shows you how to have a relationship with God. I mean, it talks primarily about healing. So that was like extremely good on my behalf for my emotional healing. Um, but okay. So basically like I came back with nothing and then eventually like funds just started appearing out of nowhere. Like I don't even know how I got through the summer. And then by, by like July, I had literally like four jobs, so like I couldn't obviously work all of them, like, but I had like four job offers, and then in August, I started working at the hospital, so um, it was just insane, like, how, how everything just kind of works out, and, um, but it's just like, but just know that like the, tem the temptation doesn't ever really, I mean, it, hopefully it will go away eventually, and like I'm believing that, that Christ will like, will just completely take that out of my life, but, like, the temptation is, is always there, like, I'm always getting nasty, ridiculous messages, and, I mean, it's only been, like, four months, but, um, it's just, you know, like, I'm believing that God has completely healed me, and, um, that's yeah. just now manifesting in my, amen. uh, mind and body. Amen, amen, amen. In, in Proverbs, it, it says this, that, that a righteous man falls seven times, and I love that because it says that a righteous man falls. See, there's going to be times in our lives where we're going to fall. But it says that a righteous man may fall seven times, but he gets back up again. And that's how you know 
if, if a person is righteous or if, or if he's living according to this world because a righteous man will get back up again. And that's exactly what Emily did. You know, you might have, have sinned and messed up time and time again, but the love, the love of God and the grace of God will consume you. And, and, and when you have an encounter with Jesus, a true encounter with Jesus, your life will never be the same. But don't think just because you're walking with God that, that, that things are going to automatically go away. Temptations are going to automatically go away because they're not. How many guys are in this room? How many of you guys have, have some testosterone in your body? How many of you guys that can get distracted by some objects? I'm just being honest. I'm just being honest. We can get distracted. No, maybe. What I'm saying is we, we're, attracted, we're attracted to women, and there's always that temptation there. But we have the choice to make. Will, will we give in to that temptation, or will we live according to the word of God? And that's exactly what Emily is doing. She, that, that temptation's there, but she's living t- according to the word of God. And no sin's greater than, 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 than any other sin. If you have sin in your life, you have sin in your life. But we, 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 we have a God who loves us, and who wiped away all of our sins once we were covered by the blood. So Emily, thank you so much for coming up here and just being vulnerable with us. Next up, we've got Brittany. Brittany, uh, I feel like I met you just like a year or two ago, right? Like we went to the Pirates game together. We went to a Pirates game together, and she shared a little bit of her story with me on the drive home because we got lost because my phone died, and that was my GPS. But um, ever since then, I've completely seen Britt take on every obstacle and just live her life in a way that's inspiring to everybody around her, including myself. For Jesus, and it's just, it's the best thing to be able to see somebody else just, like, catch hold of that and not be able to end a conversation without talking about either what God's doing in her life or what she's seeing in other people's lives and how he's using her, and it's just the best thing ever. So you want to share a little bit about your testimony with us? Sure. Um, so I go to Geneva College, too. Um, I'm a sophomore, and God's just really wrecking my heart for a lot of things on campus. It's just... God's really <laughs> doing a work on Geneva's campus. That's, I'll just say that. Um, but anyways, a little bit about me. Um, I grew up in a Christian home with awesome Christian parents. And I just really saw they served God in extraordinary ways. They gave their life away. Um, and, like, seriously, like, they, I, my parents were, I was so proud of them. They, they would give um, to people in, like, secret ways and it was like a really cool thing I was like I can't wait for that like I want to do that you know um but anyway so about five years ago um my dad was diagnosed with an illness called dementia um he technically was Pick's disease which um people told us the doctors told us the prognosis was two to ten years and basically his brain cells were deteriorating um and there's no cure so we were just left with that. And my first question was like, well, how do you deal with that? Like, what do I do? Like, what do, what do you expect me? How do I live my life as a Christian? How do I even believe in God? <laughs> like, why is this happening to me? I didn't, I didn't have the answers, of course. And um, instead of running to God, I, I, uh, I ran the opposite way um, to the point where, I, 
my freshman year of high school, I tried to commit suicide several times. Um, and the way I did it was very deceitful. Um, my, as a freshman, I went the first day of school, and the second day came, and I told my mom I wasn't feeling good. I was like, I don't, I don't feel like going. Like, I, I seriously feel sick. And she let me stay home. Well, that lie turned into two and a half weeks um, not going to school. So I was home alone, and I was completely in denial of my dad's illness. And my mom, she, she was a stay-at-home mom, but at the time that all this happened, she had to go back into the workforce. And my brother, he was too young to understand a lot of it. So... I was, and I was old enough to understand. So I was like, okay, let's be the father figure. So I really put on um, the persona that I can do this all by myself type of thing. And I completely hid my feelings from my family, um, my church family, and I wore the mask wherever I went because I completely um, shut down on God and I completely surrounded myself with pride and shame and saying, you, you, you can do this without letting anyone in. So it really left me in a very dark, dark place where um, I, on several occasions, I tried killing myself in my own home. Um, I actually had a suicide note ready, and every time I tried taking my life, someone would walk into the room. Either someone would walk into the room or... I would get a call to come downstairs, and I was like, dang it, like, I'm, like, trying to do something, and you people aren't letting me do it. Um, it was really frustrating, and, like, every time, and I had, I had Jesus, so, honestly, like, the Holy Spirit would be like, well, this is me, like, just to let you know, like, you're not gonna do it, and I was, I was very stubborn and very mad at God, because I was like, well, I know where I'm going. Like, why can't I just leave? Like, why can't I do that? <laughs> and he's like, because I have a plan for you. So I kept on like, oh, whatever. It's okay. My biggest turning point in my life was, so basically my mom, I told my mom, I was like, I, I can't go to school. Like, there's something I've been doing, and you're just not aware of it. And um, so I told her, um, and she she confided in our pastors at this church, and I really hated her in that moment. I really hated her to the point where I look at myself now and I think, wow, I had a lot of, lot of hate and a lot of, lot of issues, really, to be honest. Um, so anyway, so my mom confided in our pastors, and at this time, Pastor Zach and Lauren Blair just entered the youth ministry. So I didn't know who they were, um, but he actually was speaking on a message that really resonated with me, and I happened to lead the service because he, it was like, holy crap, like he's speaking directly to me to the point where I just left. So God was really like, God was really chasing after me, even though I was, I was just like, no, I'm not going to give it to you. I'm not going to let you do it. I'm not going to let you do it. Well, <laughs> Um, my pastors showed up to my house one day, and they were like, hi, nice to meet you, Brittany. We're Pastor Zach and Lauren Blair. I was like, oh, this is so awkward, because I was, I was in a really bad state, and I didn't want people to know, especially new people. Um, so they were really just encouraging me to um, move 
further. They're like, Britt, like, you can do this, you can do this. And I'm like, no, I don't want to do it. Like, there's a difference between wanting to do it and not wanting to do it. And um, my, mom, my mom was like, how do we get that? Like, how do we change her attitude? <laughs> like, we really have to see her, like, she, like, we want her to see life, and all she's seeing is death. She wants to completely just be, wrap herself in death because I was depressed. I didn't, I didn't want to, it was easier to degrade myself than uplift myself. Let's just say that. So basically, the turning point in my life was my mom and my pastors, they shipped me to an institution. Um, really scared of those places. This, like, the psych ward basically is where I was sent. And um, my life got wrecked <laughs> completely um, to the point where the Lord showed me in crazy ways that I'm, I'm supposed to be here. I'm supposed to be here for a purpose and a plan that he has divinely set for me at such a time as this. So um, I went in and didn't know what to expect. The girls that were present um, in, the war, in the institution, they didn't know who God was. They didn't know who he was. And every time story time came a, around, they were really... Like, oh, this is the home I grew up in. Like, a lot of girls were raped um, by their fathers and by their father's friends. And I just looked at their life. I was like, holy crap, like, how do you, how do you get over that? Like, how, how does that happen? And every time it would come to me, they're like, so what's your background? And I'm like, oh, I grew up in a Christian home, and I know Jesus. And as soon as I said that, I was like, holy crap. I know, I know who Jesus is, and that was, that was really the turning point because the Lord was like, yeah, you know me, but you, ch- you ran away from me. Now, these girls, they, they don't know who I am. They don't even know that I exist, and let me just show you. It was just like me doing little stories here and there. Girls wanted to know who Jesus was. They asked me what a purity ring was and all these things that, like, I knew about. And I was like, oh, I'm going to chase after you. I want to know more. Like, that's where I really started to rediscover my identity in Christ. And I started to trust his process, trust who he is and who I am in him. So uh, coming out of the institution, um, I, I gained two awesome mentors, Pastor Zach and Lauren Blair, and now I have two awesome other mentors in my life. Um, and it's, it's, just, it's amazing because even though I was dealing with suicide and even though that was like, I felt like so refreshed coming out of that institution, like, wow, God, like I'm so ready to embrace what you have for me. There was still the, the background of um, my dad. Um, so basically my dad got worse and worse. Um, high school was, it was pretty crazy for me. I don't want to say it was horrible, but it was really tough to be a Christian, um, deal with the stuff that you're in my father's setting, because all my friends had father figures in their life. They all had dads who loved them and were there for them, and I didn't have that in my life. But um, God really, God, God put awesome father figures in my life, like Pastor Zach Blair and um it just really, it really encouraged me to keep going, to keep pressing on. So um, to say to um, all of you, like, God's awesome. I don't know if you've ever experienced God, ever had encounters with God, but if you haven't, spend time with him.
because he wants you and he, he, he's going to chase after your heart, whether you like it or not, <laughs> um, to the point where he has my whole heart because I surrendered it to him. And it was the best decision I've ever made in my life because I'm doing things I would never be capable of doing without him to the point where speaking before you all is not my strong point, but like in my weakness, he is strong. So like, um, that's a huge thing. Uh, God opened doors in Geneva's campus. I'm part of a ministry that I never thought I'd be part of. Um, it's just, it's never ending with God. The blessings, his goodness, he just keeps pouring it into my life like floods. Like it's just crazy. Um, last April, my dad finally passed away after five years, and it shook us a little bit, but I was so relieved and so at peace knowing that my dad was finally in his Heavenly Father's arms. Um, it was really, honestly, like, eye-opening, and it he continued to wreck my heart last year um, to the point where I got up and spoke at my dad's funeral, and I did the eulogy. Um, the Lord keeps telling me, you're going to speak my, speak my truth, and you're going to speak my love to people across the world. And it just keeps coming up to the point where I changed my major. <laughs> um, and I'm literally, the gifts that God has stirred in my heart, I'm using for his kingdom. It's just, it's insane what, where I'm at for, from where I was. Um, so I, I honestly, I end with this, like, if you are ever battling something, if you ever feel like you're going through hell, honestly, you have an awesome family who loves you here, who's willing to just sit with you and love on you and pray for you and be there for you. Um, and you have an awesome dad who gave his life away so you could have a life of your own. Um, and with that, um, I just want to say that you can all, <laughs> for, for the plans that he has for you, they're going to be prosperous, not harmful at all. God, God is a good God, and he's, he's made a huge impact in my life. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. Let's give it up to Brett. Thanks, Brett. Something like, like you could take away from this is God wants to heal you from your past so that you can live according to his promises in your present. Just like, just like Brittany, she, she began to speak his promises over her life. And now she's living in freedom every single day. And there's some of you guys that, that, that you, you come from a divorced family or you come from uh, a background where, where you've been maybe raped or abused. But the thing is, man, God wants to heal you from your past so you can live according to his promises in your present. So with this last person, she is a very special person. She does an amazing job of leading our teenagers. She does an amazing job of, of, of being creative. And, and I, I look up to Anna in so many different ways, and I'm so thankful for, for her and her leadership. And it was because of her that my life was changed. Between her and Pastor Zach, my life was changed forever. So, Anna, why don't you come up and, and share a little bit? We can keep the keys going. Oh, uh, peace out. Josh. It's, you know, like. I almost got the holy music. Yeah, like, listen, you ever, have you guys ever listened to, like, like a, a, just someone speaking when music is going on? Yeah. I'm not was, like, I man, like, I, feel like, yeah, I, I feel like I'm super spiritual right now. That's what we should have been doing this whole time. But my man, he's coming back up. We love you, Josh. You got me, Josh. Come on. All right. Awesome. About to Woo! preach. About to preach y'all happy. Yeah. All right, Anna. 
So why don't you just share a little bit with us uh, with some things that, you know, you might have struggled with the past and where, where God has brought you. Okay, yeah, sure. So um, I, like everyone else who's spoken, I'm pretty sure, grew up um, kind of in the church in a Christian home. Um, I met Jesus when I was six years old. Um, I, my parents led me to Jesus. I joked in Thrive. I was like, I think it's just because I was a really wild six-year-old. And they were like, this kid needs Jesus. Like, um, So I knew Jesus. Um, I came to church, you know, pretty much grew up coming to this church, which was awesome. Um, and so I, I, had, I had salvation. I was going to heaven, you know. Um, but I never really had, I had a relationship with God that was wide but not deep. It was um, there, but it there was no substance. Um, and so when I was a teenager, when I was, you know, 16, 17, just life started to happen to me. Like it happens to everyone and problems and hurts and things that I had to deal with. And I didn't know where to turn and I didn't know how to deal with it. Cause we don't, you know, we don't, that's what God's for. Um, and so I didn't turn to God and and life just started to feel heavy, and um, my Christianity, honestly, was just, it was a religion, and so it just started to feel heavier than it was helpful, and it just was like, nothing was there for me in it, um, and so honestly, guys, uh, I started pursuing the world, and I met some friends who were just awful, <laughs> and they, they lived these lifestyles that were just awful, and I realized the more um, I indulged in their lifestyle, the more I was accepted by them, and so I did that, and um, I was just pursuing things of the world, you know, partying, uh, drinking, getting high, just horrible relationship, just things that were just not good, and were just of the world, and um, I came to this point where I was living that life, you know, I was probably 18, um, I was living that life, and it was just bad, you know? I was just broken. Um, I was, I had nothing really going for me. I was selfish. I treated my family badly. I treated my friends badly. Um, it was just not anywhere anyone wanted to be. By the world's standards, I was every, everything that you would call bad, you know? And that was, that was what it was. And um, at that time, I kind of you know, what I love, this is my favorite thing about my, my story, my testimony up to this point, and uh, I really felt like God wanted me to share this with you guys tonight, was I was pursuing the world, but God never stopped pursuing me. You guys, to the point where I never wanted to be still or quiet or alone because I would feel his presence. I'm going to like tear up thinking about it because it was just so real, guys. I would just feel his presence in every quiet moment. It was just so ta tangible, and it was so obvious that he was pursuing me. And so I would just avoid it at all costs. And um, got to the point where he was like, okay, enough. I'm going to pursue you everywhere you go. <laughs> like, so I was in a party one time. There's just, you know, all this chaos and craziness happening around me. And I'm sitting at this, in this party and I'm staring at an ashtray on the floor. I remember it so vividly. And I just felt God speaking to my heart. And he was just saying, you're worth more than this. You're worth more than this. And he just kept speaking it to me over and over again. And that was like the beginning of a turning point for me. Um, and... I think it was like a couple weeks later, I also had leaders reaching out to me um, at the church, you know, Pastor Zach and Lauren had reached out and uh, a few other youth leaders. And so I had that as well. But a couple weeks after that, I, um, I just had a moment in my bedroom where it was like suddenly all my brokenness had kind of just, it hit me all at once, you know, and I was like, oh my gosh. And I just cried and I didn't know what to do. And I just, I got in my bed and I just cried and I prayed. And I just laid it all out there in front of the Lord. And I was just like, here it is. All my mess, all my brokenness, here it is. And I just prayed and prayed. And it was the first time I'd prayed in 
forever. And I just told him everything. And um, he just moved in my heart and in my life that night. And I remember waking my mom up, and I remember being like, I don't remember anything I said to her. I was probably a mess, you know. <laughs> but I remember saying to her, I, all I know is I need Jesus more than I need anything in the world. And that was the, the, the turning point for me, guys. And that was, I kind of just, I started interning kind of like Emily. And I was just taken in by my church family. And my parents helped me. And it was just awesome. And I moved forward from that point. But what I really felt like when I was praying about this night and what I really felt like God wanted me to tell you guys was something that he revealed to me actually just when I was praying for this night. Um, and it just was solidified in my heart was that when I was six years old and I accepted Jesus as my savior um, to the world, I was just this innocent six-year-old, right? By the world's standards, I was pure. I was innocent. And when I was 18 and I rededicated my life to Jesus, by the world's standards, I was anything but innocent. I was bad. I was wrong. But with God, my his view of me never changed in that time. From the day I was born, he saw me as his daughter who he loved. And when I accepted Christ, I became just seen through a lens of Jesus by God. And when he looks at me, he sees Jesus and he sees salvation and he sees redemption and restoration at all times. When I was six-year-old innocent Anna and when I was bad Anna, you know, and when I'm Anna now and when I'm Anna tomorrow, he sees me as his daughter who he loves and is redeemed by him. And um, there's a scripture in Romans and it says, uh, do you think anyone is going to be able to drive a wedge between us and Christ's love for us? There is no way, not trouble, not hard times, not hatred, not hunger, not homely, homelessness, not homeliness, <laughs> not homeliness, guys, <laughs> not bullying, not threats, not backstabbing, not even the worst sins listed in scripture. Nothing can separate us from the love of Christ, you guys. You could feel at your lowest low, he sees Jesus and he loves you and nothing can separate you from that. Uh, so yeah, that's my story. <laughs> I love it, I love yeah. it, I love it. That's all I got. Thank you guys. Yeah. Thank you, uh, Rachel and, uh, and... So when I wanted to bring all these guys up to share their testimony and share their story, I wanted to bring up our leaders who are making a difference in this ministry, that are making a difference in this world. Say, man, if God can use broken people, he can, he can use us all. And we're all, we all might be in this broken state right now. And we're saying, man, I have so much going on in my life right now that I, that I don't want anybody to know. You can know this about me, but, but I'm gonna hide this. And what I wanna do is, and, and, and this is going to be a bold statement, and this is going to be a bold move on your behalf. If there's some of you guys in this room that are saying, man, I, I got some things going on in my life, but I haven't told anybody yet, tonight's your night for healing. And what I want you guys to do is to stand up with me, because there's things in my life that I still haven't revealed to other people that I'm working through. But I'm standing here tonight saying, man, God, heal me. Heal me. So if there's anybody here tonight, just go ahead and stand up right now that says, man, I, I need to be restored here and now. I've got things going on in my life that nobody knows about, but I'm trusting in you. It takes boldness. It takes faith. It takes knowing that, that, that God has a plan and a purpose for your life. People are going up, standing up everywhere. And I want to let you know 
that, that God does not think anything different of you. That God loves you, God cares for you, God died for you. That in your brokenness, in your brokenness name, in your broken state, he wants to do a work in you. And what I wanna do is, this is, this is bold, but I, I wanna be able to pray for every single one of you guys after service. So we're just gonna exit over here and we're gonna, we're gonna pray together because we're family, we need each other. We, we, need, we need each other more, more than ever. Say, God, I'm trusting in you. I'm trusting in you. And what I wanna do right now is you guys can go ahead and stand down, but I do want you guys to meet me out over here. You guys can go ahead and sit down. I wanna offer an invitation to make Jesus the Lord of your life. With every head bowed and eyes closed, I, I wanna offer this invitation to you tonight to make Jesus the Lord of your life. It says he'll never leave you and he'll never forsake you. And he doesn't make any promises that you won't have trials or tribulations or bad things won't come to you. But the cool thing with God is he's even in your mess. He's even in that ditch. He's even in that trial. And he wants to have a relationship with you and he wants to see you through your problem. So with every head bowed and eyes closed, I just want you to simply to raise your hand in the count of three to make Jesus the Lord of your life tonight. On the count of three, one, two, three. Is there anybody here tonight? I see that hand. I see that hand. Is there anybody else here tonight that says, I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life? I see that hand. You can go ahead and put your hand. I see that hand. So what I want to do is I want, I want you guys to repeat after me this prayer. Everybody to repeat this after me, and Jesus will come into your heart. Because it says in Romans, when we confess and we believe that Jesus is Lord, he will come into your life. So everybody repeat this prayer after me. It's a simple prayer but Jesus will come into your heart. Dear Father God, dear Father God, I know that I'm a sinner and I know that I messed up, but tonight I turn to you. You are the Lord and the Savior of my life and my life will never be the same because I had an encounter with you tonight. We ask this in your name. Amen. Amen. Let's give it up for those people that accepted Jesus. Amen. And tonight, I, I truly believe that, that there's many of you that are sitting in this room that have been set free by the words of other people's testimonies. And you all have your stories. You all have things that you've dealt with in the past. But my challenge to you tonight is don't keep that a secret. Share it with your friends. Share it with your family and see the fruit that will come out of that.